Blog Talk Radio. I've, I've noticed, yes, I've noticed on Twitter, 
you've been tweeting a lot about that uh, as of the past, I don't yeah. know, a couple months at least. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited that we got Chris Cole heading up this coalition, and he's got one of these divorce, custody, battle, uh, alimony, child support, court fighting, nonsense divorce, nightmare kind of stories. And even he can say, well, it's really not that bad. I still get to see my kids occasionally, which is just horrific to hear. But there's some really, really nasty cases out there. I'm sure everybody's heard horror oh, stories I'm, about people who have I'm, I'm familiar with yeah, my, bro- my brother was one yeah. of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm one of them. So, some people just, even, yeah, even without, yeah, I mean, everybody's got, I mean, there are some real horror stories out there, you know, especially about children being taken from good parents or divorces. Just divorce court is a racket. I mean, it's freaking insane. You would, you better have a really good reason how we're going to get government married, you know, as opposed to actually. Well, depend, depending on the state that you're in, the the law is better or worse. And I came from Illinois. Right there. It is completely garnered towards the women, hands down, and I can prove it in yeah. one one law. The fair, I think it was called fair representation. A lawyer buddy that my family knew told me, "Listen, I'm going to give you one free thing of advice, and you got to not come around here if you're getting a divorce because they're going to know." I'm like, "What does it matter? You're a friend of the family." They're like, "You're talking to me, and I'm a lawyer, and in this state." If you can get a lawyer, you have to buy her a lawyer. And I go, well, oh, what if she gets right. a lawyer? He goes, well, she doesn't have to buy you a lawyer if she can a afford a lawyer. Attorney. A lot of states give the women the district attorney and just automatically well, give them the Well, and this only goes the one way. It doesn't go the other yeah. way. So if she can afford all the yeah. lawyers she wants, mm. she doesn't have to buy me one. Yeah. Well, it's definitely so, in most places and overall hugely slanted against fathers. We all know that. But, you know, women lose too. You know, I'm, actually, it's, it's kind of interesting that there's an overlap here in our coalitions because we also have stoners for Kokesh, and I'm traveling right now with my friend Joey Lee and <laughs> Mary Jane. And not only That's not like a bandwagon I could jump on. Yeah, right. I'll get well, into that. <laughs> Well, we use the term stoners very endearingly and inclusively, of course. And and right. she's someone who uses it for a very specific medical condition with Crohn's. I'm, I'm, I'm already on the Kokesh bandwagon, so it it doesn't matter. Right. Well, and you know what, Adam, not to beat a dead horse, but if you could, because I know I have new listeners. I know I have new people who followed me on Twitter that are probably tuning in. Sure. Um, who I don't think know who you are. So if you could summarize real quick sure. your position, what you're well, doing. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, if, if I may, before before we get to that, though, this, this thing about victims of family law, the reason I'm so excited yeah, that people who identify as victims are getting behind this campaign and that we have this gateway for them to connect with the campaign. Oh, I, I, first, uh, the point about Joey, G.I. Mary Jane, she actually also, you know, you mentioned men getting disfavored. In her case, She's the one who's not allowed to see her 10-year-old son, and she's paying child support to a deadbeat husband. You know, it, 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 it goes both ways. And the fact is everybody right, yeah. loses when the state is weaponized yeah. so that individuals can mm-hmm. use them in personal and family disputes. And it's really sick. Right. And the reason I'm so excited about this in particular, and I'm, I count myself here, I'm a victim of family law in the sense – 
that my parents went through a long, nasty, legal battle, custody battle, financial battle, everything divorce that took years. And, that, you know, it, it, it wasn't as bad as a lot, but it was enough that it, I can say that was like the main dramatic event of my childhood. And so about me, I guess that's a good segue here. Oh, sorry. The last thing I'll say about victims of family law is, is that at this point, it is such a dangerous, disgusting, and pervasive racket that it has literally touched every single American. Every one of us has either, either gone through yeah, we all, Like you said been, earlier, been we all know degree. somebody and we all have a We all, we have all a story. know somebody. We've had somebody significantly go through some serious family law bullshit that has radically reduced their quality of life and it somehow seriously impacted you indirectly, if not directly. And this is a black swan waiting to happen. If, 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 because we're, we are bullied and shamed into silence on this issue. You're a deadbeat dad. You're a terrible mom. You're an evil person. And it's like, whoa, you right. can't even talk about it without being yeah, and those, immediately and those stigmas put and labels are automatically placed without yes. any, you know, individual backstory or what's going on. Yeah. Thanks, Bill Clinton. So I'm 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 really excited that this campaign could be the catalyst for America to get over its shame of victimhood. Well, and I think it's a great time government for you all. I think it's a great time because a lot a lot of Americans are waking up, and especially, like, there are a lot of libertarians in the Democratic Party, and they don't know they're libertarians, and you need to tell them uh, yeah. because they're watching their party fall apart right before their eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very good year for the Libertarian Party. Yeah, yeah. So well, about, and, you know, I, I, I've been talking to – Nope. Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, you talk about you because um, I, I like I said, I know we've got some listeners who don't know about you. So go ahead. Sure. Well, my background is that I was born and raised mostly in California and joined the Marines at 17, went to boot camp uh, in 2000. And as a reservist with a six-year contract, ended up doing about three years of active duty time and one combat tour in Fallujah in 2004. And when I got out, I joined Rock Veterans Against the War, and that really propelled me into activism and a deeper understanding of freedom and libertarianism in the sense that it wasn't enough to be against this war or this crime or this injustice or even the global war on terror or even the insanity of war as a concept, as a racket, as Smedley Butler called it, the Major General of the Marine Corps, more decorated than just about any other Marine in military history. And, and, it's, and then it's not even enough to be against militarism itself. And you realize that as the founders were against anything they called a standing army, they preferred a militia-based defense to defend a free people. And that's the difference of, of where we need to go to restore that vision. And at a deeper level, in the bottom of the rabbit hole for me, was a true understanding of freedom as an ethical philosophy, as a moral 
compass as something that just is in line with the reality that you as a free, beautiful, independent human being own yourself. And whether you believe in God or not, if God gave you free will, then it is an affront to God for one human being to do anything to interfere with that free will in another human being, to in any way try to claim ownership of that other human being. And that's the premise upon which government operates. And when you realize that, you go, God damn it, I mm, can't turn away from the injustice. Got to do something about it. <laughs> and the way well, I didn't, I I didn't even say, write a book of this. Yeah. Hmm? Didn't you write a book? Where can I, where, where can we get that one? Yes. Well, I was, I was going to save the shameless plugs till the end, but since you bring it up, yeah, so while I was in jail, <laughs> I, I, love, I love the shameless plug. I live for the <laughs> shameless plug. I <laughs> buy my book. No, don't buy it. Get it for free. Donate afterwards. That's the idea. You know, because most people who read it, and the book is called Freedom, all caps with an exclamation mark, uh, most people who read it are touched by it. Uh, right after I released the audio book, uh, there was a young woman, she was 19, listened to the audio book, saw the logo on the cover, was like, yeah, I'm, that's, mm, yes, I'm getting that as a tattoo. And even before I could get it oh, as a shit. tattoo, she had it on the back of her neck. Uh, so, yeah, you can get it for free in every digital format at thefreedomline.com. If you insist on paying for it, you can get a paper copy on Amazon and Kindle and audiobook, wherever. Uh, but all of that, all the digital formats are free to be that you get free and that's forward. We I touch myself while I'm reading it. That's saying it for plenty, yeah. That you just keep that part to yourself. Um, <laughs> Adam I have Adam, to admit some of the pages might be together. Aside from what you've laid out already, just I I just want to make sure that any listeners know that it's more it's a little bit more complex than just you went to war, came back from war you had this view because you went through more of a journey than just that because afterwards you've done a lot of activism in ways that like for example I'll give you a really good example the Thomas Jefferson uh, memorial dancing incident was before I knew who you were and I saw that video and I watched all of it Mm. and I was like what the fuck Mm. and then later in life I figured out who you were when you were on Adam versus the man, because I think before you had the yeah, RT show, Adam versus the that. man, I think you would go, you went occasionally on like Alex Jones or you had uh, mm-hmm. just a YouTube channel, I think. Right. And then they gave you a show. But after yeah, I had seen Adam versus funny. the man, I, I then went back and realized that that Alex was you in, in the Thomas Jefferson video. And I was like, holy oh. shit, I've known of this guy for a long time. And I didn't realize yeah. that. So and I, there's I a feel lot of history humbled that you come on on our show. I do. I feel so yeah. humbled that you come on our show. Oh. <laughs> well, you, you, you got a, you got a really you. really good rep out there. Yeah. So well, thank you. There's a lot. There's a lot there, and I think uh, any listeners who don't know who he is, you should check him out. He's got a, a pretty good history. Very interesting activist videos. Uh, oh fuck. We haven't even mentioned the fucking shotgun thing in D.C. <laughs> where, what, they well, waited you know, like three years, days, right? Years, That's when I learned about you. I was like, did you see what this shit did? I was like, that took balls. <laughs> and I was like, and then they came and arrested him when? 
What was it like? like yeah, three days I later. I don't understand why everybody had to start talking about my testicles after that. I really don't understand the connection, but it's, it's great. <laughs> that did. That's what, because, that's what gets you because it did, dude. That was like you you whooped them out and threw them out on the concrete for everybody to see. That's why everybody talks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, good on so you. I, good on you. That was a good now, time. Like, how many times have you been arrested? And I go, that's a very good question. <laughs> oh man, when you have to start it's, saying shit like you that, find out, get back to me on that. Here's <laughs> yeah. Oh, if I ever I've have a biographer count. going through day by day and counting, maybe we'll know how many times I've been arrested. Yeah, there. There are a handful of famous ones like the shotgun or dancing or cursing at an officer where it was illegal, uh, you know, certain the, rallies the RV, and things like the that. RV with your dog yeah, and all that stuff. Well, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, that, you know, that I do that's very, very planned out, you know, performance art, make a point, civil disobedience. But a lot of what I do also is uh, circumstantial and opportunistic in the sense that you know, if, if an asshole cop shows up in my face and I have a camera and a way to call him out and put him in his place, hey, uh, maybe I'll do it, legal or not. I'm going to do the right thing. Maybe it's, right. you know, I, I, you know, one of the things like I want to do. I know this sounds really silly, but like I, I, I give blood on a regular basis, and I'm only allowed to do it every four months with the double power red thing that I do in in Phoenix, and it's because of the federal federal regulation. I want I want to commit civil disobedience by donating blood more often than federally allowed, you know, I, I, but like when I, when, you know, I, I get those opportunities, you know, you eventually you just live it, you know, living libertarian is, is really a, a shift in your entire attitude towards authority. And right. like my, one yeah. of my favorite recent arrests uh, earlier this year actually was for refusing to show ID in New Orleans, Louisiana and Louisiana is one of the handful of states where we still have a shall issue state law, which is unconstitutional, similar to stop and frisk, Fourth Amendment violation, just hasn't been challenged at the Supreme Court level yet. So I've got a really cool case pending now where we were water stenciling, not illegal. Cops thought it was illegal, approached us, and at one point demanded ID from me, and I refused to show ID, and they arrested me for that. And I actually got the charges dropped by being such a pain in the ass in jail. I mean, I, I made him carry me everywhere. I wouldn't answer any questions. I only made <laughs> demands. And uh, I, I made them nice. change me. They said, get in an orange jumpsuit. I said, that's old school. Dude. Yeah, right. That's old school. And I just going dead weight. Yeah. They were Superman carrying me around with six dudes before they're like, God damn it, just put him in a wheelchair. I was like, yeah, no kidding. And so I, even when they released me, I, I made them take off my jumpsuit and put my civilian clothes back on one sock at a time and then put me back in the wheelchair and then wheel me out and dump me on the sidewalk. But I got the charges. Oh, now. wow. So now I have a, a, I have a much cleaner case to challenge uh, the shall I be large. Nice. That's a good nice. story, dude. That's a, that's a good one. That's wholesome. They also dropped me <laughs> on my head at one point, so I might get a little. Uh, Ooh, I should get a little shit. compensation for that. We'll see. Yeah, really. That's fucking dangerous. 
Well, what the hell else is going on? Like, uh, fucking people on your side uh, got us in contact with um, the folks at the Red State Coalition and uh, Marcus mm. Ruiz Evans, the the guy who uh, started uh, Cal Exit. I don't know if you heard mm-hmm. about all that recently, but the last couple shows oh, yeah. we did with uh, all of them went really well. Um, I mean, just just fantastic. Um, mm. Any thoughts there? Or have you heard about it? Just that localization is the future. We're redrawing all the lines on the map. The internet generation coming into power, or just people coming to power in general in the age of the internet going, you know what? We don't really have to do things the way they've always been done just because they're the way things have always been done. And if we want, we can redraw all the lines on the map to suit our needs, to redesign the system. If, if we feel like it, we're going to do it. And that, like, that, that you see such a strong movement in California for CalExit uh, is, is really exciting. I think you're going to see more of that. I'm not talking without my campaign, but really everywhere I go, you know, one of the catchphrases we use is, you know, people in San Francisco shouldn't be writing laws for people in San Antonio. Yeah, no shit. And that, yes, that's a reference to Nancy Pelosi. And this idea that, that we are forced to our system. We call her Skeletor on this show. Yeah, Skeletor. Skeletor. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll stay away from such ad hominems, but I certainly understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, there's, there's no, no obligation for a woman who has no ob- no no yeah. contributed to so much of the evil of the federal government of the United States. I have no problem with that. Well, and the evil in her own district. Which is going to shit, right. uh, which is not even arguable. It's going to shit no matter who you are. If you're on the left Literally. and you're saying that Literally. If you look at the way they district, manage the homeless problem. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I don't care if you're a, a liberal. Go look at it. It's going to shit. Yeah, it's not working. There's literal shit it's everywhere. Dirt. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. There's got to be a better way, and I think a better way is to get the fuck federal government out of it. Um, you know, one thing that came across uh, my mind during the the past episode when we were talking about CalExit and all that stuff is all of the high-tech, the big-tech companies' home bases um, are in California, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You know, Apple, Google, or mm-hmm. Alphabet, which owns mm-hmm. Google, they're in California, and so – the federal government uses them to surveil on the American people. And if California became its own country, that would get cut off unless a formal agreement was made. But yeah, I think they, that would go you, that would be you kind can't, of antithetical you can't subpoena to subpoena another one. country. That's how, that's right. how like, uh, the Silk Road got away with a lot of shit and fucking, what was the other one? Pirate Bay. You know, because they would like send them subpoenas. And they'd be like, well, we're in Switzerland, and we don't follow your laws, so you yep. can take and shove your subpoena up your ass. <laughs> and, <laughs> you yeah, know? and it still, it still works. To this day, you could still go on Pirate Bay. You can't go there from you know? uh, a direct source, but uh, guess what? The Internet will prevail, and there's something called the Proxy mm-hmm. Bay. If you look up that, mm-hmm. you can find proxies galore. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They can't stop it. They they can't come up with laws as fast as technology is moving. So the best thing yeah. to do 
I think, Adam, as you would probably agree, is to decentralize, you know, reduce it down. Because I I really don't think we need all these rules. Like, that's the thing that I try to talk to people about the most is we have more rules than we actually need. Like, there's rules for stuff where you're like, that works like, what, five out of 20 times or some shit? Maybe. And so why have a rule? Why not just deal with an incident with the people involved and have them figure it out for themselves? Why do we need to bring everybody else on on every dispute ever? Like major yeah, ones, like murder. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But we well, got to bring everybody in on like... The government wants the legal system to be inaccessible to poor people, and they want it to be able to rip off everybody who can afford it. They don't want you to be able to do that. But what you're getting at, I think, is is the concept of restorative or community justice, handling things at the lowest level, the most efficient level, and it's it's just way more in the interest of justice to not trust government with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I have a lot of discussions with people regarding – statelessness and that shit and mm-hmm. everybody seems to get anarchy wrong because they go well your ideology um it it will never uh prevail because um you don't have a system i'm like well first off <laughs> anarchy's never been purported to be a system right we're just admitting that it's wrong to and, force and people it's into it's not shit. like there it's not like Anarchy doesn't have systems. I mean, well, you can have a system in anarchy. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. It's the and removal that's, that's of the one specific hurdle. destructive system. Yeah, all they've ever known okay. is an overreaching system that encompasses everybody. So when you start saying, well, you know, you, you what if you didn't have one that encompassed everybody? Right. And just had a bunch oh of Oh my gosh, people would people. be free. They might do stuff I don't want them to. Right. And and I've, I've had people go like, all right, so say that this community agrees that murder is wrong. What about abortion? And I'm like, listen, buddy, I don't know if you knew this, but there are people who agree that abortion is fine, and there are people who agree that abortion is not fine. I think the communities would kind of be based a little bit on that. You'd probably live in a place well, where you're like, yeah, we all over here, we agree that it's not okay. And those people over there, they all kind of agree that it is okay. And that's how it would. Guess what? Our societies have nothing to do with each other. How about that shit? Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right about the concept of localization allowing for everybody to have a customized experience. But I don't think abortion's the best case or example of an issue to make that oh. case with because, because no, it is it's, one that, it's that the most controversial. Death, but, right. Well, and in that sense, it could be the best issue. But the, the thing is, the reason I, I don't like it as an issue for one is that I think technologically we're going to render abortion irrelevant. Like it, it's going to be silly. Yeah, like the, the, the idea of an unwanted pregnancy is, is going to be ridiculous just because preventing it technologically is going to be so easy. Uh, but to the technology, yeah. you mentioned it earlier, and it's like we innovate faster than laws can be created at this point, and, and that is so powerfully true. 
I just want to say in response to that, I have never been any less than a techno optimist. The technology is fundamentally empowering for humanity. It, it, it empowers us to create more goods and services to improve standard of living, quality of life, all of those things. And it's accelerating. And it's really tempting to say, well, we're going to render government obsolete eventually anyway. And that I, I entirely, entirely believe that to be correct, that when we get to the point where all material wealth with 3D printing and drone delivery is just superfluous, there's no need or want on the earth for any, you know, food, energy, clothing, shelter, consumer goods, information, entertainment, all of these things. The idea of, of welfare. Right, then. The well, idea and then, of, and then of, of, like, of crimes of incentive. And then your ridiculous. commodities become, like you said, then your commodities change. You know, you, you, entertainment right. becomes but, big. Ex, exploration would be another big one, but we need to go yeah. to space for that. Um, but hold on. Here's the what big was the point. other one? I had another one. Hang on, Scott. Hang hold on, on Scott. This is This is really important. This is, this is where this is going because – you could sit back and just say, okay, technology is coming wave after ever-increasing wave, and we could just wait for the injustice to stop, for the solutions to be so overwhelming and undeniable that government is completely obsolete, whether it's here or not is irrelevant. It's an irrelevant factor in our lives at that point. But... I see the injustice in the world today, and I am not willing to wait. And I will just give one example, because it's not foreign policy anymore. Governments have largely been reined in already in terms of what they can get away with in war by the, the global connectedness of communications technology and the Internet. You know, you can't lie to people badly enough to get millions of gullible young men to line up in the middle of a field where none of them live to kill each other because they're wearing different colors. War is a lie, and right. you just can't get away with right. the lies that you were able to before the Internet. But just and take they the still FDA. try. And they I, still, I know that's what gets me is they, they're still trying. Like they showed that video of some gun range here in America and tried to say it was over there. <laughs> oh, the Syrian pullout. The ABC video yeah. of the Kentucky gun range so, of people having fun. <laughs> let me just give you one example here of the scope of the injustice that the American federal government is responsible for, because here the numbers are undeniable. The FDA kills thousands upon thousands, like in the hundreds of thousands, by the most conservative measures of people every single year by allowing unsafe drugs onto the market and by delaying the release or completely withholding life-saving drugs from the American people. What's the difference between the FDA right. and hand, me hand, hand, four years hand from the now whole neighborhood, versus hand the whole 40, neighborhood, Laura tabs and opiates and and withhold the actual life-saving drugs, yes. That's, so that's, that's the just opiate one crisis. Measure. 
And and they even talk about yes. it that it's the opiate crisis now, and it was caused by your government. Yes. So yes. Thank you very much. And the drug war, they are still ruining thousands of American lives every day with the drug war. We are suffering. There, there are people who are victims of family law, children ripped apart from their parents, put in abusive foster homes. It's insane. I'm tired of 22 veteran suicides a day. I'm tired of poor men continuing to die to line rich men's pockets, the pharmaceutical racket killing people. This, this has to stop. But what it comes down to is that I'm tired of seeing Americans struggle, not living up to our potential, not sure that we can take care of our families and put food on the table because the average working American is literally working for government half the year when you add up all the taxes, fees, fines, and, and hidden costs of government. It is not just our, our, our potential, but our future, our birthright, the wealth of generations that has gotten us to this point that has been stolen from us. And this is how we take it back. We give the American people back as directly as possible everything that has been stolen by the federal government. It's absurd that we hold out this objective of full employment. Yeah, let's have everybody be a wage slave. Fuck that. The goal should be full retirement. Everybody should be wealthy and secure enough to be an entrepreneur, to work for themselves, okay, that, to do what they yeah, want with their that's lives. That's exactly the thing that people don't realize, that when technology is allowed to prevail, that you end up with solutions where people don't have to work. Now, the problem yes. here is that everyone is so fucking involved in the fiat currency, the U.S. dollar, that they can't see a future outside of how could fucking the dollar not exist? How do you do that? How does that happen? And it's like, what if value wasn't placed upon a piece of fucking fabric with a president's face on it? What if value was placed on the things that you value in your right. life instead? Then you could have communities where the values were based on things that the community found valuable instead of fucking pieces of paper. Like, yeah, I'll totally fucking do the maintenance on that machine that fucking provides all the food for this community because I'm in the community and I know how to fix it and I get the food from it too. I don't cut my hair though. Well, I, the person over on the corner cuts my hair and I do this machine and they get the food from this machine too. So it's a win-win for all of us. Uh, I'm not seeing the downside here. I, the I, value's there. Yeah. I think you're you're making a good point about one of the hurdles we face in overcoming how some people are stuck in that paradigm. But I would think that we're actually turning the corner on that point. And and this is my experience on the campaign trail. And you know, with your your, your example there with the dollar, just because Bitcoin is such a thing, there's so many different versions of digital cash. Most people are even used to the U.S. dollar already being more of a digital asset that they use that exists in a bank account and through a debit or credit card than, than as a paper or physical thing. That, and, and in the age of the Internet, just there being so many possibilities out there, just that there's so many undeniable life-changing technologies that we have already experienced, just in health and, and communications and what we're able to do with information on the internet and smartphones. 
I don't think Americans are as closed-minded in that sense as they used to be. I really do. I think most Americans are open-minded enough to consider, yeah, let's localize government. Yeah, we can start with getting rid of the federal government. How would that work? Let me take right. a real look at that. And, and most of the time like they do. The, there like, are so many know, versions yeah, really of cryptocurrency. Um, could you see, like, cryptocurrencies becoming, like, a, a commodity trading thing such as, like, if I wanted to deal with Amazon, I'd have to use Amazon's cryptocurrency. Well, in the early days of, of Bitcoin, I, I, was, I worked on a, a startup that never took off to be a crypto hedge fund that would create a, a basket of cryptocurrencies. And there are so many different possibilities with this. I would not pretend to know exactly where this is going. And I think that's, that's really the ultimate libertarian answer. You know, let the people decide, let the market decide. It'll direct resources where they create the most value when they are allowed to without the violent interference of government. And whatever comes out of this, you know, is going to be a scale better than what we have now, because it's not going to be, money controlled by central banks forced on us by governments in order to rip us off. Ah, I'd like to get rid of that. Yeah, we have to get over the central bank problem. We have to because when you look at cryptocurrency, when I, or at least when I look at cryptocurrency, what it reminds me of is in uh, science fiction where there's interstellar communities or governments and they all have their own currencies. What do you know? They all kind of exchange with each other. And they don't bother with mm-hmm. the fact that, oh, well, I've got Bitcoin. What do you take for uh, 20,000 Bitcoin in your fucking uh, Thor coin? What do you take? And they go, oh, well, uh, that transfers over to this much. Okay, well, I'll buy uh, this then with that many. And they're like, all right, no problem. Yeah, I think most, this yeah, is the best people, way to get people yeah. used to the idea that you don't have to have a currency that everyone has to use. You don't have to have that. Right. Absolutely. So, and, and I think one of the things that you learn very easily from just dabbling in cryptocurrency is that along with blockchain technology and the Internet making it possible, you get a next-level convenience with exchanges. And the only major downsides that, that I've seen with, with dealing with exchanges is government regulations making access difficult or moving money in and out of, of the U.S. dollar or other government money difficult, uh, or, or the theft that happens because government doesn't allow them to, to compete in the open as they should in a way that with transparency would, uh, you know, would prevent most of that issue. Adam, maybe you know the answer to this question. I've asked it before, but the only answer I've gotten is uh, – no, they don't tax that. But um, say I had U.S. dollars, mm-hmm. and just for shits and giggles. Say I had $10. I went to a country and exchanged it uh, for, uh, say, 12 of the other currency. And then okay. um, that currency's value went up compared to the dollar. Right. And I came back and exchanged it for 15 I made money. Right. But right. they don't tax that, right? Well, at that small scale, practically speaking, there's 
literally right. no enforcement and, effort, and no one's going to care about that. But yes, if you did exactly that on a bigger scale, and if you, put, if you were moving money like that, bank, yeah, if you if you tried to like go to another country with a million dollars and come back like that. That's probably there's laws against that, right? And that's and actually law, why that's actually why the European Union got together, is so that people couldn't do that. The countries couldn't do that to each other with their currencies. So in the United States, the general limit is ten thousand dollars, and you're not allowed to come through customs with ten thousand dollars or more without declaring it, and that creates a government register. And what they do with what they can prove of capital gains. You know, it depends on the circumstance. And at that level, I won't speak above my pay grade. But this is one of the reasons why cryptocurrency is so valuable. Because you could then take that $15 in that other country and buy Bitcoin with it, and no one would see it. And you come back to the United States, no one knows that you have a word key to your wallet in your head or on a piece of paper in your physical wallet. And you come across a border, and then you log back on, and you can access that Bitcoin or, or Bitcoin Cash or, or DAS or, or uh, Smart Cash, whatever it is. All these cryptos have this basic property that allows you to evade government detection and evade the, the theft of taxation. The, the challenge is when you have to convert it to fiat currency for a specific purpose or move it into a bank account. That you create That's a when they start seeing it. Where the government might notice. Right. Or right. cross a border now, with a suitcase full of cash, which I don't recommend. <laughs> now, I've noticed, like, uh, a lot of these um, exchanges and stuff, these websites, more and more of them have started asking for more personal information. To me... That's a yeah, signal government that requires. the government is tapping their shoulders, yep. going, hey, 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 hey. Yep. we want to know what's going on over here. Absolutely. So, and it's, it's, it's really sad how there's this amazing technology that is such a boon to humanity that is being suppressed and, and delayed by stupid government shit like that. Yeah. I've heard that uh, McAfee, he's trying to get some shit off the ground. He's done it before. He's tried to get an exchange off the ground before, and it didn't go. He's got another one mm. coming, or it's already started. I can't remember. But I'm it's still supposed waiting to for my phone. Piece. I'm supposed to get a demo phone. He never sent me my demo phone. Mm-hmm. You should get him on the fucking line. <laughs> now, well, it, not to uh, shit on, on uh, McAfee, but... We're almost to 2020, and he promised that he would eat his dick if uh, Bitcoin wasn't to what a million or two million or some shit. Right. I'm yeah, not a million 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 million. I'm not even going to tell you the out so that he can figure out the out. Because if he doesn't figure <laughs> out the out, <laughs> if he actually eats his dick, I mean. I mean, he's old. Maybe he can't use it anymore. It's. I'm sure it's been around the block. <laughs> I am certain it's been around the block. So, but uh, in any case, it's not looking two good lines for of cocaine, McCaffrey. and it's still just flopping around. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, Adam, it's been good talking to you. We got about oh, what a minute and a half left or so. But uh, you got yeah, any man. more plugs you want to hey, do? What, 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 what event are yeah. you headed to? Well, 
We are on our way to an event, a fundraising dinner at, at the Garden of Eden Sunday evening near Dallas. So please find that online. Check us out, kokushforpresident.com. More importantly, if you want to vote for me in the primary, you have to be a delegate at the National Convention for the Libertarian Party. It's relatively easy to become a delegate. If you go to our website, sign up. If you don't hear from us, please reach out to one of our regional coordinators. Get in touch with someone on the campaign, and we will make sure you get plugged into that process. Excellent. 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 Scott, were you going to say something a minute ago? No, no. I tried to set him up for that shameless plug right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, excellent. I did it for you. Perfect. All right. Well, shit, yeah, I think awesome. this was a good show. You did um, it so well. <laughs> It's perfect. I live, perfect. I live for those. I live for them. <laughs> Adam, um, we got to have you on again. I don't know how long it's going to be because you sound like you're really busy from uh, what I've heard. So, oh yeah, uh, it might be another three, four, five months. Who knows? But uh, next year's going to be fucking interesting. Um, who knows what the fuck's in store? It's a it's a circus in Washington right now. But. Uh, we're going to get disconnected any second, so we might as well just hang up here. But uh, we'll catch you everybody right. next week, all right? Thanks, Scott. Right. Thanks, Later. Carl. Peace and love, y'all. Later.